I'm Jody Monroe with Bill Craig. Welcome to Everybody's Neighbor, a housing people podcast. I believe one of the most powerful things we can do is to help people all around us. Your ability to help others starts right now. This week, we had the pleasure of sitting down with a small town mayor in Northwest Washington. Jill Boudreau is the mayor of Mount Vernon. As we made our way to her upstairs office in City Hall, we passed by homeless people wandering the small downtown area, seeking services and a place to call home. Inside City Hall, we were met with a new sealed off waiting area where a code is necessary to enter. The mayor, like so many across America, faces the homeless crisis. Oh, uh, we're the best city in the country. Uh, <laughs> we're a small city, uh, northwest Washington. Our population is about 34,000, and we're located in between two major metropolitan areas, Seattle and Vancouver, BC. We are a traditional city where we offer traditional services that you would think from a small city, so public safety, parks, library, um, information services, development services. So. That's in the last five years, what are some of the standout things that are happening with the population? And this sure. whole podcast was started because of the housing crisis. Right, right. And we've had an opportunity to talk to um, some folks who have had a housing crisis or have mm-hmm. bought an affordable home, but now we get the presence of a mayor. Right, of a, right. <laughs> of, a, of a nice, of a nice uh, city. Right, and, right. Um, what have you seen in five years? Right. So we're always dealing with the challenges of growth and um, th- coming out of the recession. You know, there were so many of these residual effects that we're almost still catching up with, whether it's just general facilities, putting new carpet, you know, in the library um, versus population growth where we're trying to staff our police department adequately. And then all, of course, then the re- effects for the rest of the city of the housing issue and all of the effects that we're seeing uh, from recovering from the recession. So sometimes people think, oh, but that was back in 2009. Well, it really didn't hit governments until a year or two after. I think it hit the private sector. And so our recovery just feels like it's a couple years behind. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but those are the things that we're dealing with and, and a lot of the impacts, I think, from the housing crisis and the homelessness issue that we're seeing as well. Um, is all sort of compounded by a lot of complex things. I think resulting a lot from from the recession. Walking here, mm-hmm. I could do you know three hundred sixty degree turn, mm-hmm. and I can count. I need you know more than two thumbs and eight fingers right. to count right. what appeared to me to be homeless people. Yep. Uh, maybe some in recovery, maybe some living in their car, mm-hmm. maybe one family, one paycheck away from the curb or actually hit yep. the curb. Yep. It's, it's becoming magnified. Mm-hmm. What, what are, what are you, how are you tackling it? Right, right. So we have started seeing a real increase in, say, I'll, I'll say so street homeless because that's the visible portion, right, that people see. Back in 2015 is really when we started noticing Uh, Police officers say, hey, I don't know that person, where in our city we have the opportunity for police to really know people by name. You know, some of these folks that have been um, involved either with mental health issues or on the street. 
So we started that in 2015 and we kind of convened the downtown association and some of our social service agencies and said, okay, what are you all saying? Because this is what we're saying. And just trying to uh, gather what people are seeing, what resources were available and what we maybe needed to work on or tried to work on. So fast forward that for the last two years and um, we're, we've reconvened the entire interdepartmental team. We just recently put out on the web sort of what we're doing to react to some of these things, whether it's um, derelict vehicles on the street that people may be living in, but then also criminal activities coming to and from, right? Uh, to encampments in our park system, uh, to the effects of um, some of the social services um, that seem to be spilling over from what, over capacity, I'll say. So we've got this sort of list that's on the web that we're talking to our community about. Here's what we've identified, here's the action steps, here's what we're trying to measure as far as making it better. So from the city perspective, it's very reactive to what people are seeing, behavior people are actually seeing and calling in and reporting. We had a 300% increase in calls around this issue in the last two years. So when we're looking at maybe we had 70 calls in a couple years ago, and now we're facing you know 300 calls a year. That's an impact to police and any services there. So we've got to figure something out. But city government is never going to solve this. And so that partnership with the county, with social services, with our faith-based organizations, is what's going to at least help us help us mitigate or cope. Because we're not going to solve it. And that's a frustrating thing to admit. So lots of work going on around this issue. When I come to work every morning, just down the way, mm-hmm. which is a lovely downtown, by yeah, the way. Yeah, right, it's absolutely. Awesome. Um, I routinely see the same three people, Samantha, sure. Mike, and Steve. Uh, right. And they're wonderful, right. and they're wonderful. One of them lives on the street. Yep. Two live in affordable housing, yep. meaning um, they're 30% of the AMI or below. Yes. Yep. And we used to just see um, just small little pockets mm-hmm. of Samantha, right. Mike, and Steve. Right. Right. And now it's just, um, it's, you know, it's just everywhere. Right. And your city has a plan. The county has a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the recession and, yep. and how your city, like all other cities and townships, are behind just playing catch up and government's yep. not going to solve it. I just can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, you know, I, I go home at night right. to a home. It's modest. Right. Um, I pay my mortgage. Well, I could be them. Do you ever see this being solved? <laughs> was this, you know, was this creeping up from politics back in the 80s and policies and, yeah, yeah. you know, the Reagan time and right. part, you know what I mean? How did we get here uh, right. in small town America? Right. I, you know, I don't know if I have an answer to that question, but I'll be honest that looking, if, if even just I think a couple weekends ago, you know, I'm sitting there going, I've never come up with an issue that we somehow can't solve, right? Yeah, a lot, of, yes. And that to me, for someone who's a bit of a compulsive problem solver, maybe, yeah. <laughs> whether people want me to or not, um, yeah, yeah. it not is, such a bad thing. yeah, but it's, it is one of the most frustrating things. So if you Google homelessness, it is worldwide. You will read about Lithuania. You're going to read about everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go, 
there isn't one reason why we got here, right? So say for us as a city and we're thinking, okay, people say, well, um, we need to build subsidized housing. Okay, the reality is to come up with $20 million for one project and have to try and cobble together nine different funding sources. You know, it's just, the, it's so complex. Um, when you couple that with housing costs and even raw materials. So right now, our schools are trying to build and they're running up against increased costs of wood products. Um, now we're looking at steel tariffs. So all the costs of just the materials alone, right, are going up percentages per year. We've got a study that shows building a fire station because we're trying to do that. It's gone up double digits every year for the last four years. So every year we wait, okay, now it's 10% more of the cost because of these things. So whether that's labor, trying to find people to build stuff. Um, just the other day, our shop was telling me that because of the shortage of people with CDL, commercial driver's license, and trucking, they're not getting deliveries as frequent to our city shop of things that they're using. Maybe it's uh, tire delivery or parts or things like that because they can't find people to drive trucks. Like, And so when you start hearing about so many things along the line, then you're going, well, how do we get to that housing unit where Samantha can go and have a rest out of the rain, you know? And then it becomes so overwhelming that it's, it's you try and gravitate to any small successes you can find, right? When you talk about the subsidized housing pieces, well, then that has to be subsidized from somewhere. And when the federal government hasn't increased the number of subsidies, right? Does that mean that our local our local citizens literally fundraise for that? Like, I, there, you know what I'm saying? There's just no easy answer, which is like for someone in my position, some days you go, if I can't solve this, why am I in this position? Right, I think that's fair. You know? I think that's very fair to think that way. Yeah, so it's really, it's just, it's been so frustrating. Um, but we want to celebrate the wins that we do have because there are those wins that are occurring. There are people getting placed in homes from the street. Um, so we have those examples from our social worker that works in our police department. And they're few, they're few but we can't kind of give in to the overwhelming part of it because we can affect change for individuals every day. Well, the organization that I am so grateful to be working for. Yes. Um, who would have known? Actually, when you said 2015 earlier mm -hmm. um, about that's when there was a, a noticeable change in your city. Yeah. That's about the time I stepped into the office. Okay. And yeah. it, I, it's just, it, 2015, fast forward just three years. Yes. Holy cow, the, the change in the, the, the lack of housing. Yep. Whether it's a bed at a facility, mm -hmm. um, a duplex, uh, studio apartment right. building a new affordable home it's just it, it it's just exploded but yes. i like what you said you got to celebrate the successes your city um helped mm -hmm. home trust of skagit which is a small nonprofit organization mm -hmm. a developer mm -hmm. a community development organization built four homes recently and mm -hmm. your city contributed funds yes when you talk about the layering you said earlier like seven or nine right hours. right yeah. Now, it, yeah there's several layers mm -hmm. um your hair turns gray when you're trying to figure it out right. all out but that was a success and yes. that was a partnership with the yes. city of mount vernon mm -hmm. and um, the county mm -hmm. the federal government the state government so Yes. Are you going to do it again? Oh, as much as we can. 
yeah. and and the home trust model I think is one of the things that we should be focusing on more and more and more and especially the the part where you're able to even buy some of the existing homes and and have that rehab to it because if you look at that that is so much cheaper than a new construction absolutely and so the more we as a city can encourage that even that and go into a land trust model as well like how do we do that because I've seen that be easier by far to celebrate a success than trying to build a complex of 70 units and that just yeah so I would love to see when I when I when I drive around I get all these theories in my head well I start with myself well I've got a three-bedroom two-bath house I'm Mm -hmm. the only one that lives there Mm -hmm. I've got bedrooms Mm -hmm. we have people coming in our office every day looking for places to live and, Mm -hmm. and I think well geez I could I can offer a bedroom, you know, right. I think if we all, what, what we as individuals can do are sure. driving around, um, you know, vacant land, who mm-hmm. owns that land, is that government owned, is there some right. way we can cut a deal to make that happen, yeah. or there's vacant homes mm-hmm. on different properties, and of sure. course sometimes it's, you know, somebody passed on and died, and it's in a trust, and mm-hmm. the, you know, the recipients live in another state, but I just see all these places in my mind, because of the world I live mm-hmm. in, where we can easily mm-hmm. house people. Sure, sure. Um, but it just, it takes more than, more than just that. Yeah, and I think that what, what I would love to focus on from the city's perspective is, what is the lowest hanging fruit, right? Uh-huh. And if that means, and to me, the lowest hanging fruit is, where is the, where, what solution out of all the things we've been doing has the least amount of bureaucracy, <laughs> Yeah, right, right. The, sort Everybody of the would appreciate that. right the yeah. least amount of sort of funding streams you have to sort of cobble together and how do we focus all of our efforts I mean of course you can't let other things go but I would rather get momentum and movement on some of these other ideas like a home trust model like some of the uh, accessory dwelling unit ideas oh, yes. those things are, are are so much less complex mm-hmm. and I wish we had um, more partners that go okay we have decided this is like that you let's get set a goal 10 units of this boom you know it would be really i think um feel better (laughs) than to try and do everything all at one time right right i always like to uh, count how many kids Mm -hmm. get a bedroom yeah and so like just the with your city helping out down the way on four Mm -hmm. homes and if you count the children that are in those homes Um, the numbers just start growing and, mm-hmm. and rolling. So mm-hmm. I just personally, that's what I, that's a little pocket um, where you say put up 10 rather than 70. You right. can do a lot right. um, with pockets like that. You can. Um, to wrap up our wonderful okay, yeah. conversation, sure. I've got some questions for you. Sure. This podcast um, came about because um, we wanted to, I wanted to talk to people who are not housed, who are in crisis. Sure. I didn't necessarily want to talk to a bunch of policy people right. or elected right. officials because you guys get all sorts of time. Sure. And <laughs> you guys really do. <laughs> but we, we need both sides, right? Of course we yeah, do. We need both. Everybody needs to, to be heard if we're going to solve anything. But um, the, the, the emotion or the feel that we get from this program is, you know, how is how um, can we as individuals make a Okay, so yeah. I just got some yeah. questions for sure. you. you bet. Um, I believe, mm-hmm. and finish the sentence. Um, I believe that we can show how government does things the right way and that we can respond 
solve and make lives better every day for people that live in our city. You're grateful for? Oh, the support of my family, for sure. Um, but I am grateful for the support of the community um, because they're willing to come to the table and talk. That's very good. What is one thing that you, maybe not as a mayor, take that mayor hat okay. off, but what is one thing you can do today to make a difference in somebody's life? You can not walk by anybody and be silent. You can walk by someone and say hello, smile. It's a kind thing to do, and it doesn't take hardly any effort. What does home mean to you? Home means safety, that it's a safe place to be. It doesn't have to be big, um, but I guess it's just where there's sort of comfort. Uh, you feel secure and you feel safe and someone there loves you. This week's show was produced by Bill Craig. What does home mean to you? Let us know. For more of Everybody's Neighbor, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends as we're always looking for people to enjoy it. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I'm Jody Monroe for Everybody's Neighbor.